Auto Plaza Direct Kings Court starts now. in all points north, east, south, and west. We welcome you in. This is the windowworldstl-cars.com, Kings Court, on kevinslaytonshow.com. I'm Kevin Slayton. We welcome you in. This is where you hear the live show every morning, the unvarnished truth backed by facts and evidence. You can hear the podcast, of course, also right here on our website, on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, anywhere you listen to find podcasts. Our phone lines are always open for you because we're not afraid to hear what you think. 636-538-0746. 636-538-0746. Open to everybody, friend and foe alike. We'll take enemy fire any day. We'll usually aim it right back at you. You better have your facts if you want to fire enemy fire. But we've got a lot of ground to cover today. This is a busy, busy morning because it's been a busy, busy day and evening. It seems like everybody, including your neighbor, is now entering the presidential race on the Republican side. Chris Christie, Mike Pence, uh, a guy by the name of Doug Fugram, Bugram, Bugram, Bergram. I think he's the governor of North Carolina. I don't know. I've checked. My neighbors haven't entered yet. I haven't entered yet, but everyone else seems to have. And we'll talk about that as we go along this morning. The craziness continues everywhere in this country. And as we tell you about it all, we also remind you that we're brought to you by the good folks at Window World, 314-993-1800. Support our sponsors, folks. That's our lifeblood. That's why we're on the air. 314-993-1800. So if you need windows, give them a call. And it's not as a favor to me. It's a favor to you. I already have their windows. I know that calling that number, getting me a free in-home estimate, allowed them to come to my home and prove to me that they're simply the best for less. And they are. 314-993-1800. That's why they're the preferred window of the Blues. That's why they're the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs, the Super Bowl champs. They were able to prove it to me. They showed me the lifetime warranty that covers all parts, glass breakage, and labor, and how they use double-strength glass in their windows as a normal procedure. That's not an upsell. That's not an extra or add-on. That's what they do. They lead the country in windows sold. And I couldn't break their windows. I jumped on them on the showroom floor. I tried to crack them, kick them, 
Couldn't even crease them. That's how durable they are. And that's why they can offer you 18 months same as cash financing with approved credit. But keep this in mind when it comes to price. If you shop price, and most people do, quality is also important. Window World leads the way in that. But if you get the same amount of windows, the same kind of windows from Window World as you do from their competition, same number of windows, if you buy Window World, you'll pay one-third of the price you'll pay at the competition. One-third. We've done the math for you. Listeners have done the math. And they've run to Window World. Where also you'll find out that your utility bills will come down. Mine did. Because the cool air in the summer isn't escaping, allowing that hot, muggy air in. And in the wintertime, the nice, warm, toasty air stays in the house from the furnace. And a cold, arctic air doesn't come in. So the utility bill's lower. You don't have to run out and buy a new air conditioner or new furnace. That's saving you money. 314-993-1800. That's Window World. You can't lose. You just can't lose. All right, we'll have some fun this morning because we've got a health commissioner in New York who thinks that having vendor machines, crack pipe vendor machines, is the way to combat cracked drug addicts. Try to follow that. If you're a crack addict, giving you a new crack pipe is going to stop you from doing drugs. That's the logic of the New York City Health Department and their mayor, Eric Adams, who is increasingly showing every time he opens his illiterate mouth that he's one of the dumbest people on the planet. He's not just a fake tough guy who used to be a cop. He's just a liar, an idiot, a buffoon, and an imbecile. He's the only guy that could have gone into the mayor's chair in New York and made de Blasio almost look smart. Almost. Not quite. Eric Adams is a real live dummy. Real stupid fellow. And you'll hear why. Not only is he endorsing the vendor machines for crack addicts, he's also telling New Yorkers that they should open their homes if they have an extra room to rent to illegal aliens. (laughs) And that Eric Adams will pay you to do it. No, he won't pay you. You'll pay yourself. It's out of your tax money. But he he, he disguises it as we're giving you money to take illegal aliens in, rent your extra bedroom for to them. We'll pay you with your money. <laughs> he really thinks New Yorkers are stupid. Maybe they are, but I don't think so. No, I really don't. And we'll hear from some of those New Yorkers on the streets of New York and their response to Eric Adams' idiocy. And I mean idiocy. Jamie Raskin is vowing to beat Joe Biden as the most prolific liar in Washington, D.C. They've already almost surpassed the current reigning champ, Adam Schiff. You've got so much competition in Washington. I mean, it comes from really both sides, but mostly the liberals. They are pathological, hopeless liars. And you'll hear Jamie Raskin, though he he wears that do-rag to draw attention to the fact that he has cancer of some sort. I've I've never heard an explanation of what kind of cancer he has. But are you ashamed to show that you have a shaved head? I mean, people have shaved heads all over the country these days. It's actually stylish. Or is it you trying to gain sympathy from people because you're a failing liberal politician who lies to the American public? I guess you think your lie will be received a little softer if you're a cancer victim. He's humiliating and exploiting cancer victims all over the world. 
He's a despicable human being, but he's a liberal, so it all fits in the resume. And you'll hear him lie, and you'll hear him get caught in the lie. That's even better. And James Comer will tell you what a liar he is, as will Anna Paulina Luna. She'll also inform us as to the fear the FBI has that if the whistleblower's identity is known, that he could die, thanks to the criminal syndicate known as the crime family of the Bidens. That Biden crime syndicate apparently revs up its murderous engines when a whistleblower is identified, according to the FBI now. That's not my opinion even. I know nothing about that part. But the FBI says they fear for the whistleblower's life if his identity is known. That can only mean that he fears that the Bidens will kill him. Because the whistleblower document is showing that Joe Biden took bribes. Why would you be afraid this guy is going to die if his identity is known if it isn't at the hands of the Bidens? So the the FBI is worried that the president of the United States and his family will murder a whistleblower if his identity is known. That's where we are. Anna Paulina Luna will tell us about that. And then James Comer will tell us what happens to witnesses who are going to testify against the Bidens. It's straight out of the mob. It's straight out of the witness protection program, which these witnesses are starting to need. But how do you get into the witness protection program and trust it if it's run by the FBI? That's a quandary for whistleblowers. You're going to hear prolific liars lying all over the place today. That's partially the theme of the show. The liars are in full bloom just as spring has hit us and summer's approaching. Alan Dershowitz will tell you how easy it is for these prosecutors to abuse the Constitution in their relentless effort to bring down Donald Trump. You'll hear the media lie repeatedly. You'll hear Biden lie as we revisit some of his lies. The liberal media jackals have now turned their attention away from Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump to Robert F. Kennedy Jr., That's who they're going after now. If you don't think that the Biden Liberal Party runs this country and runs the media, you're crazy. You'll hear the whining joke of an attorney general in California complaining about Meanie Spaghini Ron DeSantis while California goes broke and is run run over with violent crime. So the state's attorney general is more worried about Ron DeSantis than he is about the criminals roaming the streets of L.A. and every other city, San Francisco, Sacramento. He doesn't care about that. He cares about Ron DeSantis. And you'll hear the ultimate hypocrite, and it's hard to be the ultimate hypocrite in this world today, but Jay Monahan, who's the commissioner of the PGA Tour, Yesterday, it was announced that the PGA Tour would merge with the newly created Live Tour, the LIV Tour from Saudi Arabia, taking Saudi Arabia oil dollars. We still don't know the real details of this merger, but you'll hear the hypocrite Jay Monahan, who ripped into these people, these players, for leaving. And going to the Live Tour... 
using the 9-11 victims as his touch point, and now, of course, not giving a damn about the 9-11 victims because Jay Monahan can line his pockets with more money. You'll hear from that hypocrite. And you'll hear some people, different people, weighing in on what's going on with the new candidates in the Republican side. You'll hear from a former swimming teammate of Leah Thomas. Her name's Paula Scanlon with some common sense. And then you're going to hear Sean Hannity fawn over Stephen A. Smith. Now, Stephen A. Smith is a black commentator on ESPN. He's an arrogant, pompous ass. I debated him one time prior to a Cardinal playoff game on ESPN. I was down on the field at Bush Stadium. He was in the ESPN studios. I made a fool of him. He was so embarrassed, so humiliated, that it was told to me at ESPN by ESPN people that he demanded that I never be allowed to come on a show as a guest with him again. Now, not that I cared, of course. I was, I'd was i already beaten him down to the point where he was humiliated. He's an arrogant, pompous ass who spews racial invective all the time. He's a racist. He's a black racist. And Sean Hannity is in love with him. Sean Hannity is probably going to be seen making out with him soon rather than making out with Ainsley Earhart, his erstwhile girlfriend. I think he's more in love with Stephen A. Smith, and you'll hear why as I present the evidence. And I'll let you decide as the jury. All of that and our phone lines, of course, are always open, five three or excuse me, six three six five three eight zero seven four six. Tomorrow we will have Steve Stranghoner on the show. Now Steve is a guy who is a former Anheuser Busch executive. He has written a book uh, about negotiations, about InBev's takeover of Anheuser Busch. It received the blessing of the former hierarchy of the Anheuser-Busch Brewery, the Bush family. And so it is a an insider's look at what happened. I think it'll be fascinating as we live in the woke world of corporate. Uh, it's just, it's, it's sickening. The name of the book is Mind Over Money. If you'd like to get a copy, Mind Over Money. He's a prolific author after a career at Anheuser-Busch and at the Boeing. He has written several books. Fiction books, usually with a Christian theme, but crime books with a Christian theme. It's an interesting concept. So we've got all of that to talk about today, and then Steve Stranghoner will be on with us tomorrow. Friday we'll, we will be taking off, so I'll give you the calendar rundown uh, as we prepare for the sports show that we will launch. And we are moving the sports launch to either, from we originally said the 15th, but now it looks like the 19th or at the very latest August 1st as we're in Constant negotiations with sponsors and that type of thing. We'll give you details as we go, but it won't be the 15th when I get back uh, at it next week. And I will be back at it next week on the 15th. So we'll take Monday through Wednesday off and Friday and uh, as we get prepared for this. And we'll keep you posted as we go along. So that's our little calendar of events. But let's dig into today's show, shall we? Only in New York City and Philadelphia, apparently, can you go on a street corner Find a vending machine, I mean, it's almost hard to believe this, but it's true, that will sell you crack pipes, and it's right in the middle of New York City's worst drug neighborhood. It also sells you Narcan, which is a drug that apparently reverses an opioid overdose. So what they're saying to you with that is, hey, 
keep taking those opioids. In case you overdose, we've got Narcan here for you. Now, if you run to the vending machine after you've overdosed on your opioids, oops, the Narcan sold out. I'm dead. So the encouragement to have you continue to do the drugs is what New York City is telling you to do. Keep taking it. We've got the drug for you. We've got a safe smoking pipe. <laughs> it's, I mean, you can't read this out laughing, right? They have condoms, nicotine gum, lip balm. I didn't know. What, what does lip balm have to do with drug addicts? Do they get chap lips from smoking dope and smoking crack? And tampons. Interesting machine uh, of interesting vendor machine contents, isn't it? All in one vending machine. So the health commissioner, Ashwin Vaison, explained it this way, if you can keep a straight face. This is a real practical step in our fight against the overdose crisis. This vending machine represents exactly that. We need to empower people, communities, our neighbors with everything and anything that they need when they need it on demand to save a life, to save their own life, to use safely, and to be safe. So use it safely. Have you ever heard a health commissioner tell drug addicts to do their drugs safely? He thinks this is going to save lives. He's encouraging you to continue to smoke crack. Here's a fresh, new, clean crack pipe for you. By the way, if you overdose on something, here's some Narcan for you. So that means go ahead and keep overdosing because we can take care of you here. We're going to save a life. This guy is insane, but I say that every day when I refer to a liberal. It's something new every day. They never get it right because they're full of shit. That's number one. They lie as easily as you and I get a drink of water. But imagine trying to say that and have anybody believe you. Who believes this guy? The drug addicts don't believe him. They're just like, yeah. We get new pipes. We get all kinds of new stuff. A little lip balm, some Narcan. I couldn't get it from the doctor. Wouldn't prescribe it for me. Couldn't get it over the counter. But I can get it in my vending machine now. Senator Ted Cruz in Texas, who is the mayor of New York City trying to identify as the ideal resident of the once great city? It, it seems the mayor of New York has decided that his ideal resident is, is Hunter Biden, that, that, that he's rolled out a plan to recruit people that are hooked on hooked on drugs, where early on the Biden administration had this plan nationally. Let's give crack pipes to junkies. And, and there was such a backlash nationally that the Biden administration ran away and said, oh, no, 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 never mind. We didn't really plan on doing this. Well, now that's what the mayors of, of, of New York and, and Philadelphia are doing. And you know what it really is? It, it's a surrender. Yeah. It is a surrender to the catastrophe that Democrats have caused. Last year, we had more than 100,000 people die of drug overdoses. 70% of them were from Chinese fentanyl flooding across our southern border. And Eric Adams and Joe Biden and the Democrats, they don't want to secure the border. They don't want to fix the problem. So instead, they're just surrendering. Here, we'll give you crack pipes. And, and, get, and have at it. Here's your new crack pipe. Here's your Narcan. Go smoke your crack. But be safe, please. Be safe and save a life while you're high. 
Now, what do New Yorkers think about this? Eric Adams thinks that New Yorkers are stupid. He thinks they're illiterate. So does their health commissioner. They think that New Yorkers are actually going to rejoice over this. Well, except for the, those people that aren't crackheads aren't rejoicing. Do you think your neighborhood's going to get safer? No, I don't think so. That's crack. How the, how the neighborhood is going to get safer with crack? It promotes more abuse, more misuse, and uh, it doesn't help the people. I want this moved. I don't want this here. I think this is a horrible idea. Of course you do. Because you're not stupid like Eric Adams. Literally one of the dumbest people on the planet. He's also a bigot and a racist. I might. Have. You know, it's funny. I'm starting to find a lot of black racists out there. Stephen A. Smith, Eric Adams, Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson. There's a lot of them. They don't like you to call them that because they think that only white people can be racist. But, of course, any logical thinking person understands the folly of that comment. But that's what they try to sell you. Black people try to say that all the time. Illiterate black people. Smart black people understand, just like smart white people understand, that races come in all shapes, all colors. Eric Adams is a racist. He was standing at a news conference yesterday with nothing but the black mafia around him. He doesn't have, I guess, any white people in his administration, only black people. As he made this claim to New Yorkers and what he wants you to do with your spare rooms. It is my vision uh, to take the next step to this, go to the faith-based uh, locales, and then move to uh, private residence. Uh, there are residents who are suffering right now because of economic challenges. They have spare rooms. We can take that $4.2 billion, $4.3 it may be now, that we potentially have to spend, and we can put it back in the pockets of everyday New Yorkers, everyday houses of worship, instead of putting it in the pockets of corporations. So let, let me think this through here, if, if, I, if I get the gist of what he's saying. The corporations, which employ all of the people, he doesn't want to give them any more money. He wants to take it from them. He wants to pay, now this is all taxpayer money, mind you. He wants to pay taxpayers in New York to house illegal aliens in their spare bedrooms, and he wants churches to do the same. And for that, he'll pay you out of your own taxpayer money as if you're making a profit, while the corporations can go pound salt. You know, the ones who pay all the taxes, who employ all the people, they can go pound salt. That's a strategy that I've never heard. If you go to Harvard Business School or the University of Penn's Wharton School of Business, I doubt that that business plan will ever be taught. That here's how we operate. We rob the corporations of money they're supposed to get, We're not like Robin Hood. We're not robbing the rich, giving to the poor. We're robbing the rich, and we're supporting the illegals, the, the lawbreakers. Robin Hood wasn't in favor of supporting the lawbreakers. He robbed from the rich, gave to the poor. Eric Adams robs from the rich, gives to the illegal aliens, crackheads, murderers, rapists. By giving it to them, I mean paying you to house them. They then get meals, free housing. So he's paying them and paying you with your tax money. It's dizzying, really, trying to understand it. But in case you were 
wondering who he favors, he lets you know who he's concerned about, and it ain't you, New Yorkers. The closer we bring the asylum seekers and the migrants to everyday New Yorkers, the easier it would be for them to transition into uh, society. Why are we worried about, by the way, did you hear what he called them, asylum seekers? They're illegal aliens. That's what they are. That's what they've always been. That's what they'll always be. They're lawbreakers. They're not asylum seekers. They're lawbreakers. They don't give a damn about asylum. They give a damn about getting into this country and then going and hiding somewhere. So they never have to come to their court date. And that's what they do. But somehow he's concerned about them assimilating into society. He doesn't care about New Yorkers, by the way. If you rent your spare bedroom to one of these thugs and you get killed, so be it. What will Adams do to your family, for your family, if you get killed housing one of these illegals? And you know it will happen. Now, anybody, my theory is this. Anybody dumb enough to do something like that gets what they deserve. Deserve what they get. Would you rent your spare bedroom to an illegal alien? For that matter, would you rent your spare bedroom in your home to any stranger? Legal or not? Of course you wouldn't. In this world, you'd have to be out of your mind. I mean, absolutely out of your mind. What are you going to do with them if they trash your house, if they trash the room that you're renting to them, if they steal your groceries, steal your money, steal your car, which will happen, what's going to happen then? You know how difficult it is to evict somebody if you're a tenant? Or I mean, if you're a landlord, to evict a tenant? It's virtually impossible, and it takes forever. The legal cycle runs for a long time. So imagine getting one of these illegals in your house, your house now, not a building, a separate building that you're renting out for your business. No, this is in your home. Try to get them out. I dare you. Jamie Raskin, as I mentioned at the top of the show, is one of the most prolific liars in the history of Congress. He has proven it time and time again. He took part in altering video evidence in the January 6th committee. He was very quick to frame innocent people, destroy their lives, help put them in prison, help keep them in prison. He doesn't care. He wants you to care about him because he, I guess he, he's telling you he has cancer. He doesn't care about you. And in fact, what he will do to you, if he can, is lie his ass off right to your face. He does that all the time. This time he got caught because he's stupid. He's not a brilliant guy. It just proves to you that going to the Harvard Law School doesn't make you a smart guy. It just means you got in somehow. Jamie Raskin is not a smart guy. When it comes to constitutional law, he couldn't be wronger than wrongy Rongenstein. He knows nothing about it. As Alan Dershowitz, his professor there, said he must have been absent when I was teaching constitutional law. So he's not a good lawyer. That's why he's a political hack. So as a political hack, he's the ranking minority member in the House on the Oversight Committee. And so he was allowed, along with James Comer, and some others, to see this document that the FBI brought to Capitol Hill that the whistleblower has claimed existed and does, of course, after the FBI denying it for months. 
that Joe Biden was approached by a foreign government, bribed $5 million, and took the money. Now, at first, Raskin said the document was nothing. It was just a nothing burger, blah, 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 blah. Then after seeing it, he claimed this at a news conference after the meeting. What I know is that the FBI Department of Justice team under William Barr and Scott Brady in the Western District of Pennsylvania terminated the investigation. They said there were no grounds for further investigative steps, so they ended that. So his take in the meeting is the FBI thought it was a nothing document and there wasn't an investigation, wasn't ongoing. It was ended by William Barr, of all people, except that's not true. That's all a lie. There is an ongoing investigation. He was told in this meeting that there was an ongoing investigation, and yet he still lied. When a reporter caught him in his lie afterwards, he actually had the nerve to say this. Okay, uh, but then I must have missed that because I've not heard that this is part of any ongoing investigation. He must have missed that. Just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. And he believes it, I guess. He's dumb enough to believe his own lie, but that's a bold-faced lie. I must have uh, missed that. Must have missed it. You were sitting in an exclusive meeting looking at a document that's very private. No one else can see. Even the full House of Representatives can't see it, apparently. And you missed the F- the part where the FBI told you that this document is part of an ongoing investigation? You missed it? If that's not a lie, and it is, of course, but if it's not a lie and he truly missed it, he should be removed from the Oversight Committee immediately and expelled from Congress. Because nobody could do that bad of a job. Be in a meeting regarding a very, very important document that indicates criminal behavior on the part of the sitting president and his family and be told by the FBI that it's part of an ongoing investigation and you missed that? Well, we know he didn't miss it. But if he did, he should be expelled. James Comer was in the meeting, too. Did Raskin walk straight out of that meeting and lie to the American people? Jamie Raskin walked straight out there and lied to the American people. Uh, The FBI said four times in that briefing that he and I sat in that this was part of an ongoing investigation. That was their primary reason for not wanting to release this document. He didn't recall. You always have to watch the words of these guys like Jamie Raskin. You know, Jamie Raskin's quite honestly had to feel uncomfortable uh, with some of the, the allegations in this form. And uh, when this form eventually becomes public, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. William Barr, for his part, backed up James Comer. He confirmed the investigation into the $5 million bribery scheme for the Bidens was not shut down, confirmed it was handed off to investigators in Delaware. It's not true, Barr said. It wasn't closed down. Our research assistant is all over this story. Can you imagine this guy? He's just such a blatant liar. It's just unbelievable. He needs to be expelled from Congress today. He's a, he's a proven liar. Expel him under the same 
theory that you're trying to expel Adam Schiff under. You filed papers to expel him, Kevin McCarthy. Let's get with it. If if Kevin McCarthy doesn't file papers for expulsion on Jamie Raskin, then Kevin McCarthy's a joke. Every time you catch these prolific liars lying, and you've caught him, by all accounts, no one is saying that what he said was the truth. Everyone is call, calling him a liar. Expel him. He has no business in Congress. We know that you're all liars up there, but this guy got caught. You know, you're not a murderer until you've gotten caught. Then you're a murderer. Well, I guess you are a murderer, but you're really not until you're caught. He's People lie, people cheat, people do all this. But until you're caught, there are no ramifications, but he's caught. There has to be a strong message sent to these liars. Swalwell, Schiff, Raskin, you're gone. We're expelling you. We're in the majority. You're gone. And that has to be the result here. Because otherwise, people like Raskin will just continue it on. As we know, we've seen him through the January 6th lies. He's never going to not run for office. It's the only thing he can do. He's just a political hack. So rather than feel sorry for him for his cancer and his little do-rag, let's get rid of him. He's an effing liar. Now, in order to expel him or any member of Congress, you need a two-thirds vote. Right now, the Republicans don't have a two-thirds vote. Would any Democrats come forward? They should, but they won't. The Democrats never break ranks. That's part of the problem in Washington, D.C. They never do. Isn't it amazing if the if there's a bill that is passed that has some Republicans voting for it under Biden? The liberals trumpet what great people they are because they were able to form a consensus And yet when they're in power, they never break ranks. Never. It's 100% all Democrats voting one way. Never in the way of the conservative movement. Never. Never. On anything. On anything. They want porn videos and porn books in the fifth grade libraries. They don't vote against any of that stuff. It's all cool to them. But at least file the paperwork to get rid of Raskin. Amy, or excuse me, Anna Paulina Luna was in that meeting also. And she heard the FBI tell James Comer that the whistleblower's life is in jeopardy if his identity is exposed. And what's interesting to me is not only does that tell me that the FBI is not even competent within themselves to protect a witness, but also, too, I mean, the evidence that they have that they've had previous to 2020 is so good that they do believe that this person has a credible fear for their life. So it's very alarming. The real question is, why can't the FBI protect him? Where is the witness protection program? Now, if you're the whistleblower... Do you want to trust the FBI? You've been a source for them for over a decade. According to them, a very credible source, although Jamie Raskin tells you he's a nothing burger. What do you do with that? I wouldn't want to go into the FBI's witness protection program. I'll go into my own. Goodbye. But then what happens to you? If you're a witness that's going to testify against the Biden crime syndicate, 
James Comer, what usually happens to those people? Nine of the ten people uh, that we've identified that have very good knowledge with respect to the Bidens, they're, they're one of three things. They're either currently in court, they're currently in jail, or they're currently missing. Currently missing means currently dead. So they're either in court, in jail, or dead. Those are the people, nine out of the ten witnesses that they've identified against the Biden crime syndicate. That's their lot in life. Prison, court, dead. If you want to call Kevin McCarthy to have him expel Jamie Raskin, McCarthy's number in Washington is 202-225-2915. And of course, write, write, of course, write your own congressman or woman and let them know what you think. But all these snakes stick together. You watch and see. Nothing ever comes of that. Anna Paulina Luna, is the FBI running cover for the Biden crime syndicate? I believe that the FBI is running cover for the Biden administration, the Biden family, specifically Joe Biden. They know that he received $5 million while he was a sitting vice president. That's public corruption 101. Yes, it is. And yes, they are. The FBI is running cover for the Biden crime syndicate. I've never seen anything like it, really. It's incredible. But all the evidence tells us it's true. And we go by facts and evidence on this show. We don't go by innuendo. We don't go by somebody, well, I kind of think this. No, we don't care. I'm guessing. No, we don't care about your guess. We care about facts and evidence. And all of the facts and all of the evidence says that the Biden crime syndicate got away with raping this country and other countries, raping our country because they didn't pay any taxes on the millions upon millions, tens of millions of dollars that they've stolen in a shakedown influence peddling scheme due to Joe Biden's influence as vice president, as senator, and now as president. That's where all the facts and evidence go. You can't escape it. And now the fact that the FBI itself, a corrupt organization, says that to identify the whistleblower will put his life in jeopardy at the hands of the Biden crime syndicate. Are we watching The Godfather? Is The Godfather movie playing out right in front of us in Washington? I mean, if you recall in The Godfather, Marlon Brando, as the Don, was very infirm later on in the movie. He could barely get around, could barely speak. It's very similar to what's going on in Washington. The Godfather can barely talk, can barely move, falls down, falls off his bike. I don't even think The Godfather would have done that. Don Corleone could ride a bike like nobody. It's a very similar scheme going on, and we're witnessing it right in front of us. Everybody's lying to us. Chuck Todd lied to us the other day. NBC lied about Chuck Todd. Dan Abrams is a lawyer and kind of a weasel. He's now on some obscure network. I think it's called News Nation, where Cuomo ended up. But even he knows that NBC, his former employer, is lying when it comes to Chuck Todd. A news operation that is supposed to be seeking out the truth and providing its viewers and readers with accurate information, calling out fact from fiction. And yet, 
they are almost certainly creating a fictionalized version of what happened. Todd was clearly forced out of the role and replaced with Kristen Welker. And here's how we know it's almost certainly a lie. In November, there were rumors that Welker was preparing to take over, and Tom Joyner from Pointer interviewed Chuck Todd and asked him about it, and he responded, quote, I'm a believer that you shouldn't have one person in a beat forever, but I'm not done growing this show. I'm certainly not going anywhere anytime soon. That was eight months ago. That's pretty soon. Look, ratings were down for the show among the three broadcast shows. It's gone from number one in the key demo, second in total viewers, to last in total viewers, second in the demo. They've already canceled Todd's Daily Show on MSNBC, and NBC was probably under pressure to replace a white male host of a show that was both suffering in the ratings and which was blasted by many on social media. Those are all facts. It's all true. Leave it to the little weasel Dan Abrams to expose NBC. He's probably getting back at NBC because they fired him. (laughs) Probably lied to him. But of course Chuck Todd was fired. Despite his tearful goodbye, as if he were doing it himself, he's a leader, he said, and as the biggest mistake a leader can make is to stay too long rather than leave a little too early. Except you're not a leader of anything. And you're not leaving on your own. You want to talk about a guy being shoved out. As Abrams pointed out, they cancel his MSNBC show. They cancel everything about the guy. But he tearfully told us he didn't want his work to consume him and that he should be with his family. (laughs) All these liars always say stuff like that. They say, to be clear... And then they say, I haven't spent enough time with my family. Now, they didn't give a shit about their family for 20 years, but all of a sudden they've got this deep-rooted family feeling. Ooh, it's touching. It gets to me. Now, of course, the Biden regime and Biden himself lie continuously to us about the Ukraine. And Charlie Hurt, I'm guessing Biden is lying and so is his regime about Ukraine. Joe Biden is lying. The administration is lying about the Ukraine war. Um, And this is, of course, what happens in an atmosphere where you don't even have a press that is asking the most obvious questions about something like a very important issue like the Ukraine war. The, The lies become more and more absurd and ridiculous. And you have a situation, as you just pointed out, where not only did the administration lie about the about the Nord Stream pipeline, they knew all along who blew it up. They Mm -hmm. lied about it. They tried to claim that that Russia did it. Uh, But not only that, they had already known it was going to happen three months before we now learn, which kind of makes them partially culpable as the Mm -hmm. number one ally to Ukraine in the war. Just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. No truer words were ever spoken. No truer words were ever spoken. And so while they're all lying, from Chuck Todd to NBC to Biden to Jamie Raskin to the media, they're all lying everywhere. We've got the most corrupt attorney general in the history of Washington, D.C. Greg Jarrett, how corrupt is Merrick Garland? Scorned as a Supreme Court justice, he launches a vengeance campaign against Donald Trump, whom he blames. 
And, I, you know, I think that Garland is the most partisan attorney general in history who corrupted the Biden DOJ and the FBI, selective prosecution to punish political enemies. But he runs a protection racket for uh, Joe Biden and his son. That's exactly what they're running. Anna Polina Luna knows it. They're running cover for Biden. Greg Jarrett, an esteemed legal scholar, knows it. They're running a cover operation for the Biden crime syndicate. That's what Garland's doing in the Department of Justice. That's what Christopher Ray's doing with the FBI. We know all of that. I was on Charlie Tuna's show on 590 last night. And unfortunately, Charlie, who's black, is a victim of paying attention to liberal media and simply parroting what they tell you. He started out by telling me that Donald Trump was the most dangerous man in America to blacks that he was a racist, a white supremacist. And I simply said, give me one example of what makes Donald Trump a white supremacist other than he ran as a Republican. He then immediately said Charlottesville. And I said, well, what did he say in Charlottesville? And of course he couldn't tell me, so I told him what he said. And I said it virtually word for word off the top of my head because I'm familiar with it. I know it. I do my homework. Charlie then said he does his homework too and that I was wrong that I wasn't accurately describing what Donald Trump said when I told him that Trump said there were good people, fine people on both sides of that Charlottesville disaster, but that the entire violence was created by the Antifa thugs who were there and that there were people there who had obtained permits to protest the taking down of the Robert E. Lee statue. Now, the neo-Nazis had obtained a permit to protest as well, and they were doing so peacefully until the Antifa thugs showed up. So what Trump was talking about is that there were good people on both sides of what happened in Charlottesville, meaning the people who were protesting the taking down of the Robert E. Lee statue were good people. But not the way the media portrayed it. The media portrayed it as though Donald Trump was saying the neo-Nazis who got into a melee with the Antifa thugs are the bad people. I would disagree with President Trump on one thing. There weren't good people on both sides. There was there were only good people there to protest the tearing down of the statue. However, the neo-Nazis that were there, the skinheads, were there legally, peacefully, until the Antifa thugs showed up and began violently attacking them. Then they fought back, as anybody would. The Charlottesville lie is one of the great lies of all time, perpetrated by the media and by Joe Biden. And so then when Charlie Tuna played the tape of Trump's comments, they were almost word for word verbatim what I had described. But that's being a victim of the the media. He's listening to the media. And that's not a smart thing to do. Do your own research. He said he did, but he didn't. So there was no nothing he could say to back up that claim about Donald Trump. It simply hangs out there because the media put it out there. And people who refuse to do their own homework, do their own research into anything, or pay attention even, don't know the actual truth. And so the lie continues. The media loves that. That's why they lie so much. Because they know that at least half the people won't even look into it doesn't phase them. They don't care. Charlie Tuna also insisted that he himself 
is doing better economically and financially under Joe Biden than at any time in his life. To which I said, Charlie, I don't believe you. If you could show me the documentation, I'll be happy to correct myself and stand corrected and publicly say I'm sorry, but I don't believe you. And I said, and if you're telling the truth, you are the miracle person in the United States because you're the only person who's doing better economically under Biden. No one else is. He mustn't own a 401k because if he had that, he would understand he's not doing better. Just that alone. So no one's doing better, including Charlie Tuna. But that's the kind of thing that gets said. He also said he was afraid as a black man to walk out of his studio at night if he sees a cop. I said, well, as a white man, I'm afraid to go downtown because black thugs will kill me. I said, not only will they kill me, though, they'll kill other black, other innocent black people just walking the streets or going to a grocery store, going to a ball game. To which he admitted that black killing blacks is a huge problem. I said, where do you think all the violence comes from? It comes from the black community. White people aren't going around shooting people and killing people for no reason. I mean, you'll have the occasional lunatic, of course. That's always been true in society. But all of this violent crime in all of these big cities, in all of these urban areas, are committed under the watchful eye of liberal Republican or liberal Democrats, mostly blacks who run those cities. I mean, it's all the it's evidence. It's not my opinion. You can hardly call me a racist for stating facts. And I don't care if you call me racist or not. I state facts. And I also brought up, why didn't Obama, if he was this great unifier, use his political clout as the first black president, even though he's really the first mulatto president, to go into the Chicago South Side, meet with the gangs, and try to use his influence, what you would think would be considerable influence with young black kids who were wayward, and be able to talk with them, just like Jim Brown did with the Crips in Los Angeles, the Crips and the Bloods. There aren't two more violent gangs in Chicago than those two. But Jim Brown wasn't afraid to invite them to his house. We're not asking Obama to invite them to the White House. We're just asking him to go into their neighborhood and sit and talk with them. Go have a beer with him. But he did nothing. And as I said to Charlie Tuna, name me one thing that Obama did for the black community. Charlie Tuna's excuse for him not going into the black Chicago neighborhoods, the south side where the gangs are and murdering everybody, is that he's the president for all people, not just the black people. Interesting concept. Those are just watered-down excuses for uh, Obama's ineptitude, Obama's refusal to deal with anything because he doesn't, he washed his hands like Pontius Pilate to get away from black thugs immediately. Obama wanted nothing to do with the gangs in Chicago. He wanted nothing to do with cleaning it up. He couldn't care less. Charlie Tuna then told a lie when he said that Donald Trump claimed he was going to go into Chicago and clean up Chicago. He never said that. What Donald Trump did do, however, for the black community was more than any president has done in history in terms of the crime bill, the HBCU uh, funding that is astronomical, has never, never been approached in the history of our country. He did all of that. So the lies that are told by the media work their way into the minds of everyday citizens. 
And Charlie's a victim of that, and he needs to not be a victim anymore. Alan Dershowitz knows how, knows, knows how easy it is for these prosecutors to abuse the Constitution all in the name of getting Trump. And it's so easy for a partisan prosecutor to say that legitimate Fifth, Sixth, Fourth Amendment defenses that are supposed to be raised by defendants have morphed into illegal obstruction of justice. This sounds to me like it may be another brag indictment, another indictment that doesn't pass the shoe on the other foot test that would never, never be directed against a political friend, but only a political enemy. And it really endangers our system of justice, which is supposed to be politically neutral, not politically motivated. So I fear for our system of law enforcement I fear for it as a liberal Democrat who voted against President Trump. I don't care about politics. I care about the Constitution, and that's being violated. You can't get any more direct than that. The Constitution is being violated by whom? By the media, by the liberals, by Biden, by Merrick Garland, by Alvin Bragg, because they don't care about the Constitution. Remember, the entire mantra of liberals is to destroy the conservative movement, destroy anybody associated with President Trump because he exposed all of them. For that matter, he exposed the Republicans as well as the swamp creatures that they are. And so they want him out. They don't want him to have a chance. Now, the Republicans are so stupid that they think the more people they put in against Donald Trump in the Republican race, the better it will be for them. But in reality, as every smart person has said, all this does is help Donald Trump when you put more people in there. If you think Chris Christie is going to take him down, you must be half out of your mind. Christie, while announcing that he was running, knowing knowing full well that he hasn't lost a single pound since that blimp picture of him sitting in a lawn chair on the beach that he ordered people to stay away from, said, people think I'm here just to destroy Donald Trump. Well, I'd be stupid if I wasn't. I'm running against him. But I notice he didn't say that he's there to destroy, let's say, Nikki Haley, Mike Pence, the governor of North Dakota, Ron DeSantis. He's not there to go after any of them. He let it slip. He's there to go after Trump, and he got he disguised it as, I'm running against him. I have to fight him. But you're running against the rest of them, too. And in fact, I might add, you're way behind most of them. But that doesn't matter to someone like him. Just like it doesn't matter to the liars in the media. If you remember, I'll take you back to these lies. Remember the laptop. Remember the lies. Remember at the end of this, you'll hear Clapper, the guy who lied under oath, lie some more. Hunter Biden, this laptop uh, that intelligence officials have warned is likely Russian disinformation. Ongoing Russian disinformation effort. It is so obviously... A Russian operation. All of a sudden, two two and a half weeks before the election, uh, this laptop appears somehow. Just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. (laughs) We all laughed when that Seinfeld episode aired, right? Everybody had a good laugh at that line by George Costanza. And yet, it's pathetically true. Every word of those media people was a lie. That shows you how they are. If you, re- you just have to remember back. That's why I try to remind people all the time 
by playing their own words against them. They didn't even think that their role, which is their chief role as reporters and journalists, is to investigate a story when you hear about a story. You don't dismiss it simply because it's politically inconvenient for you. You investigate it, you report on it honestly and fairly, telling both sides of the story. It's really it's really a simple concept. If any of them went to journalism school, and I doubt that most of them did, they would have learned that. We aren't even driven in this country now by a legitimate media that's actually been educated in journalism. Most of them are simply personalities. They haven't had any formal training. If you're female and you look good, if you're blonde, you're on Fox. If you're female, you're stupid, and you're not that attractive, you're on CNN or MSNBC. But almost none of them are trained in journalism. It's amazing to me that they host shows, but they do. Ned Ryan is the CEO of American Majority. Does it ever cease to amaze you how these people lie? Never ceases to amaze me how these corporate propagandists on command obediently twist themselves into human pretzels on behalf of the U.S. security state. Uh, it's pretty. It's an incredibly special talent, which is made even easier by the lack of honesty, morals, ethics, and integrity. I mean, in 2015, the New York Times, who wrote this piece recently about Ukraine's neo-Nazi problem, in 2015 they wrote about and stated Ukraine's Azov Regiment was a neo-Nazi regiment that embraced Nazi symbols that were associated with the Nazi SS. They had a follow-up piece in 2019, but now, now it's, hey kids, let's not get too worked up about Ukraine military's complicated relationship with Nazi imagery. In fact, uh, what we should be doing is to continue funding to the tune of hundreds of billions of dollars Ukraine and its neo-Nazis because of freedom and democracy or whatever idiotic argument Lindsey Graham or Nikki Haley are making on behalf of this. What every responsible Republican should be doing if they're really advocating on behalf of the American taxpayer is an immediate end to this madness. And we're not hearing that, which is a deep shame to the Republicans in D.C. Bingo, bango, and bongo, case closed. Case closed. Carpe diem to Ned Ryan. I mentioned how many of these hosts of these TV shows are not formally trained in journalism. Sean Hannity, he doesn't have any degree at all. He never took a journalism class in his life. Anderson Cooper never took a journalism class in his life. Joy Reid never took a journalism class in her life. Laura Ingram did graduate with a journalism degree as well as a law degree. She and I have the same credentials. So good for her. So those are many of the headliners on in primetime. And yet, with, with one exception... You can throw Jesse Waters in there, too. No journalism degree, not one single journalism class. None of these people have ever been trained in journalism. Pretty incredible, isn't it? Here's the platform that Democrats should run on if they had an ounce of honesty. And if any of those people I just mentioned had an ounce of integrity in terms of investigating as reporters should do. But Democrats, the platform, 
should simply be this. We love racism. We love abortion. We love Ill- illegal immigration. And we love inner city crime. And if we can keep all of that going, we'll ride that chaos train right into power. A friend of mine articulated that, and he's correct 100%. That's what Democrats stand for. Dead babies, they're big on that. Stirring racial divide, they're huge on that. Actually, I don't know what they're bigger on. Dead babies or racial divide. Illegal immigration, it's not even illegal immigration. We must call it what they are. The illegal aliens, they're big fans of. And black-on-black murder, they love. They live for it. Not one black politician has done one thing, not one thing, or white liberal politician for that matter, to stop inner city crime. Not one thing. In fact, they've done a lot to continue it and to make it worse. They allow felony-charged prisoners to get out of jail free, just like in Monopoly, if you get the out of, get out of jail free card. They, they willingly hand it out to all of these criminal thugs so they can go out on the streets of whatever city it is, you name it, and perpetrate crimes yet again. Violent crimes yet again. Pretty amazing, isn't it? That's what black politicians do. That's what white liberal politicians do. That's what they need. It's their lifeblood. If they don't have that chaos, they can't win an election. They can't have power because they don't have anything else. They have no ideas, no solutions. They don't even attempt any solutions. They just want you to pay more in taxes. They want to raise the national debt and the deficit. They love it. They live for it. And, Ned Ryan, you hit it right on the button. Remember when Biden lied about the pipeline, the Nord Stream pipeline that blew up over there in Europe at the bottom of the ocean? Acted as though Russia did it to themselves. It's it's their pipeline. It's their economic lifeblood. It was a, a deliberate act of sabotage. And now the Russians are pumping out disinformation and lies. We're going to work with our allies to get to the bottom exactly what, precisely what happened. Comments from the fringe that the Russians will, of course, elaborate and highlight. They love to see the fringe talking. Just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. No, it isn't. (laughs) And yet there's Biden in full lying bloom Telling even more lies. Speaking of liars, what happened to that liar Fauci? Anything? Is he in jail? Remember this whopper? Are the vaccines safe? That keeps coming up. The answer is now, overwhelmingly, it should be off the table. If you look at the striking data, overwhelmingly show the effectiveness of vaccines, particularly in preventing severe illness and deaths. The only person that really called him out on that, well, the, the people on Fox did. I have to give them credit. Tucker did. Laura Ingram did. Waters did. I don't know about Hannity because I never watch it. But no one in the liberal media dared to ever ask Fauci that question. What they did instead is when they had him on as a guest, they said, you know, conservative Republicans, uber MAGA people say that the vaccine doesn't work. What do you say? As if that's a real question. 
they do his dirty work for him. They call out any criticism of his lies by legitimate people and then tee it up for him to say they're liars. When the liar was him, it was him all along. We know it. The facts are there to prove it and back it up. And still, only Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is reminding the whole world that Fauci was a liar. Fauci is a criminal. Fauci is a murderer. We have two serial murderers walking around. Nobody's doing anything about them. Fauci, Christopher Cuomo, or Mario, not not Christopher Cuomo, um, who was the Cuomo? Andrew Cuomo. Those two murdered people by the dozens. Throw in Wuhan Willie O'Talabiden, too. He's the one who forced you to get your vaccine, or you were fired. And leave it to the liberal media jackals. Now they've turned their sights, as I said at the top of the show, on Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Oh, my God. His Instagram account had been removed in 2021 for spreading constant misinformation about COVID vaccines. He's a complete nutter, and were it not for his name and his family wealth, he would be much better placed as the angry owner of a used bookstore named Haight Ashbury. He is a total crank. A total crank. The angry owner of a bookstore in Haight Ashbury. These liberals are sick people, aren't they? They're just sick. Robert F. Kennedy has done nothing but distinguish himself throughout his life as a caring person. He ran a, a legitimate non, non, uh, not-for-profit organization to heat the homes of underprivileged people in Massachusetts, in Boston specifically. He didn't make any money off that. He's a legitimately good person. Now, you can argue with some of his policies and disagree with him all you want, but he's a legitimately good guy. And because he called out their little hero, their little Nazi hero, Joseph Goebbels, I mean uh, Anthony Fauci, he's persona non grata in the Democratic Party. And so the liberal jackals in the media will go after him as Biden has directed. You know that those marching orders are coming straight from the White House. And then you have the whiners, and I don't mean the vineyards up in Napa Valley. I mean the California whiners, not wine producers, like Rob Bonta, somebody named Rob Bonta, who's the California Attorney General. Now, as California Attorney General, you'd think he'd be interested in the crime on the streets of San Francisco, of Los Angeles. He'd think he'd be interested in the policies of the prosecutor, the white prosecutor in Los Angeles County, George Gascone, who continues to let hardened criminals, murderers, rapists out of jail so they can offend again. You'd think the Attorney General of that state would have some interest in that. But apparently Rob Bonta has no interest in that. Instead, he has interest in Ron DeSantis. Now, why? He's in California. Ron DeSantis is all the way across the country in Florida. But Governor Abbott in Texas and Governor DeSantis in Florida sent illegal aliens trucking around the country because they were sick of them in their state. And they sent some of them up to Sacramento to let Gavin Newsom know. Now, did Gavin Newsom welcome the, the illegal aliens in? Did he do what Eric Adams has suggested New Yorkers do? Welcome them into the governor's mansion in Sacramento? He's got spare rooms, doesn't he? For that matter, doesn't Eric Adams have spare rooms in Gracie Mansion in New York City? That's the the, the mayor's mansion. You think he has a spare room? I think we can guarantee that he does. Do you think he's going to invite illegal aliens to live there? 
See, this is what frauds these people are. They are the most hypocritical frauds that were ever created in the human race. But instead of worrying about the high crime rates and the people fleeing California in droves and the people fleeing New York City in droves, Rob Bunta is worried about Ron DeSantis while California goes broke. We believe that the state of Florida, Governor DeSantis, is behind it. Uh, Governor DeSantis has demonstrated his pettiness, his lack of substance, his xenophobia, and his uh, discrimination and, and racism, and his willingness to treat human beings, people, as political pawns. It's wrong, and we are getting to the bottom of it. Ooh, he's getting to the bottom of it. Okay, Dick Tracy, let us know when the investigation's complete. It's kind of like an investigation that was done yesterday for me by PayPal. I had bogus charges coming out of my bank account through PayPal and a third party that, of course, I never heard of, some criminal enterprise, probably related to the Bidens. So the banker and I contacted PayPal. You can't talk to anyone, of course. We actually did find a phone number that we were able to call, but it was nothing but a recording. If you wanted an investigation into being paid back, in other words, Please, you cheaters, you've stolen money out of my account. Now refund it. They said they were so concerned about it that they were now going to conduct an investigation. This is on all on a recording if you, if you give them the right prompts. They're so concerned about it, they're going to conduct an investigation and will let me know what the results of that investigation were. Ten minutes later, I got an email. The investigation is complete. I'm not getting a refund. <laughs> so, folks, if you do business and you have to exchange money and you use one of those services, don't let it be PayPal. I'm sure the rest of them are corrupt too, but PayPal, I can promise you, is corrupt. So that's the kind of investigation that Rob Bonta is going to do out there in California. He's going to get to the bottom of it. You won't hear another word out of California about Ron DeSantis and these illegals that were flown there. Not another word. What liberals do is they pipe up, they scream, they yell like jellyfish, and then they go away. Because they know what they're yelling about is simply shouting at windmills. Nothing's happening. It's all a lie. They're prolific liars. That's what they do best. My advice to Rob Bonta would be, why don't you go take care of the crime that infests your state? That might be an idea. It's probably why you were elected. I don't think you were elected to do battle with Ron DeSantis. And if you're so hospitable, embrace those illegals. You call them human beings. Well, embrace those human beings. They need your love. They need your spare room. Give it to them. Now, for her part, the little black lesbian, Karine Jean-Pierre, again, one of the most prolific liars in our time, decided all of a sudden, as the hypocrite that she is, while her boss flies illegal aliens under the cover of darkness all over the country, depositing them into neighborhoods and communities that don't want them, she's all of a sudden developed a conscience of sorts and claims it's just not right to do that. Busing or flying migrants uh, around the country without any coordination with the federal government, we've talked about this, uh, state or local officials as well, uh, is dangerous and unacceptable. And we'll continue to be very, very clear about that. Uh, it is dangerous and unacceptable because you're putting people's lives at risk. Uh, and it's dangerous and, ex- and unacceptable because you're actually putting a lot of pressure on these states and local, uh, and local, um, uh, local areas. Just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. What a freaking lying hypocrite she is. 
it's putting stress on these localities. It's dangerous. And yet her boss is continuing to do it and has done it for the two and a half years he's been in office, not the four that he claimed, and did it in droves under cover of darkness. If you're not doing something that you're trying to hide, why are you doing it at two in the morning? But that didn't bother the little black lesbian. It only bothered her when Ron DeSantis did the very same thing. That's the only time it got to her. She'd all of a sudden, oh my God, I've got a conscience. It's wrong. It was always wrong. They shouldn't be here. But it's funny how these hypocrites act when you deposit them at their doorstep. They don't like it at all, do they? No, they don't. So the little black lying lesbian, Karine Jean-Pierre, and again, I don't care that she's black and I don't care that she's a lesbian. I just like to identify the credentials on her resume for the reason she was hired. Black female lesbian. I guess lesbian and female the same thing, right? You can't be a lesbian without being a female. But maybe you can in today's world, so I just cover my bases. Either way, she's a black lying lesbian. And she's a hypocrite. Speaking of hypocrites. Now, this Live Golf Tour, if you're not a golfer or a golf fan, you may not be familiar with it. But it is it was the new tour that uh, was created by the Saudis to compete, quote-unquote, they really don't compete, with the PGA Tour for money for golfers. So they started offering, the Saudis did, hundreds of millions of dollars to current PGA players to switch and come over there. Now, once they did that, those players earned the ire of the PGA Tour, and they were suspended. Well, not suspended, actually. They were they were kicked off the PGA Tour. They could no longer compete on the PGA Tour, and only through exemptions and qualifications could they even participate in major tournaments. So there was a lot of bad blood, and then there were lawsuits filed and countersuits and counterclaims and all kinds of bad will, no goodwill, being exchanged. The PGA commissioner, Jay Monahan, while noting the great loyalty of his players, Tiger Woods being among them, Tiger turned down $800 million to go to the Live Tour, by far the biggest amount of money that was offered, but he didn't take it. And a lot of other great players didn't take it. Rory McIlroy, for instance, did not take it. And Jay Monahan, their commissioner of the PGA Tour, back in 2020, talked about the Live Tour, or 2022, I'm sorry, talked about the Live Tour with Jim Nance during a golf tournament telecast on CBS. And he then said that invoking the families of 9-11 victims, because after all, the Saudis are connected here, could not understand how any player could make that move and that the live tour is awful. Well, I talked to players. I've talked at a player meeting, and I've, and I've talked to a number of players uh, individually uh, for a long period of time. And I think you'd have to be living under a rock to not know that there are significant implications. And as it relates to the families of 9-11, uh, I have two families that are close to me that lost loved ones. And so my heart goes out to them. And I would ask, you know, any player that has left or any player that would ever consider leaving, 
Have you ever had to apologize for being a member of the PGA Tour? Well, apparently, Jay Monahan's tune has changed. And now those PGA players that don't have to apologize for being members of the PGA Tour are livid. Note the pun there. L-I-V-I-D at Monahan for being the fraud and the hypocrite and the money grabber that he is. Because yesterday, the Live Tour and the PGA Tour announced a merger. Now, they announced this as a shocker to all of the players. None of them knew what was going on. Can you imagine doing this surreptitiously? When the loyalty of those golfers to your tour is what kept you going. They all could have left. They all could have taken the money and run. To their credit, a lot of them did not. Most of them did not. And so what loyalty did they get for that? For showing you the loyalty, you stabbed them in the back. You willingly, secretly, like the coward Jay Monahan is, stabbed them in the back. And so while they're not complaining and apologizing about being players in the PGA Tour, they are tweeting. Colin Morikawa, I love finding out news on Twitter. Wasn't even told. (laughs) Michael Kim, all right, guys, how much to live stream the players meeting at 4 o'clock today? I'm kidding, but seriously. Michael Kim again, very curious how many people knew this deal was happening. About five to seven people? Player-run organization, right? Mackenzie Hughes, nothing like finding out through Twitter that we're merging with a tour that we said we'd never do that with. Byung-hun An, he's a Korean player on the United States PGA Tour. I'm guessing the live teams were struggling to get sponsors and PGA Tour couldn't turn down the money. Win-win for both tours but it's a big loss for those who defended the tour the last two years. That was the most eloquent of all of the tweets. He's so right. So right. Tom Gillis, what an embarrassment this has been from the start. Leadership is lacking in so many ways. Should have taken the meeting in the beginning. In other words, he should have taken it and gone. How about throwing the players that backed your tour under the bus? Time for some changes, big changes, hopefully. Wesley Bryan, I feel betrayed and will not be able to trust anyone within the corporate structure of the PGA Tour for a very, very long time. Byung Hung An tweeted a funny thought. Hideki Matsuyama could have bought Spirit Airlines if he had signed with the Live Tour, but instead he stayed loyal to the PGA Tour. Now, none of us knows what this merger actually means, right? Does it mean that the... Live Tour is going to start playing golf by the actual rules of golf rather than four-day tournaments. They've now played three-day tournaments. They play teams, all nonsensical stuff. It has nothing to do with golf. It's not competition because the players don't care if they win. It means nothing. A three-day event in Saudi Arabia means nothing in the annals of golf. The players don't care if they win or lose because they don't need the money. They've already been wealthy, become very wealthy, by the Saudi Arabians, who launched the tour. But they are lacking in sponsors, and so they had to get together with the PGA Tour, who was afraid they might lose a lawsuit to the Live Tour. But we still don't know what the merger actually means, other than Jay Monahan is benefiting tremendously and financially, and the Saudis are getting control over the PGA Tour to some degree. No details have been given about what it all means. For his part, Monaghan was asked at a news conference why he's such a phony and a fraud. I recognize everything that, you know, that I've 
that I've said in the past and in my prior positions. I recognize that people are going to call me a hypocrite. And any time I've said anything, I said it with the information I had at that moment. And I said, I said it based on someone that's trying to compete for the PGA Tour and our players. Um, and so I accept those criticisms. But circumstances do change, and I think that, you know, in looking at the big picture and looking, looking at looking at it this way, that's that's what that's what got us to this point. Just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. <laughs> Seems to be a recurring theme today, doesn't it? Well, that's because it is. It is a recurring theme. Now, the nine eleven families have called out Monahan. A spokesperson for the 9-11 Families United issued a statement out uh, yesterday. PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan co-opted the 9-11 community last year in the PGA's unequivocal agreement that the Saudi Live Project was nothing more than sports washing of Saudi Arabia's reputation. But now the PGA and Monahan appear to have become just more paid Saudi shills, taking billions of dollars to cleanse the Saudi reputation so that Americans... And the world will forget how the kingdom spent their billions of dollars before 9-11 to fund terrorism, spread their vitriolic hatred of Americans, and finance Al-Qaeda and the murder of our loved ones. Chew on that, Jay Monahan. Since you are the one who also agreed with that, by the way, in the clip we played during an interview with Jim Nance, you told us how you talked to the 9-11 family members. And how you'd never do business with the Saudi-backed Live Golf Tour until you did. Until you ran out of any ethical water in your bucket. Because you have none. Now, for Donald Trump's part, he was a sponsor of the Live Tour and held an event at his club in Westminster, or Bedminster, New Jersey. Back in 2022, he made a prediction. He said all of those golfers that remain loyal, and he put it in quotes, to the very disloyal PGA, and he's right there, in all of its different forms, will pay a big price when the inevitable merger with Liv comes. And you get nothing but a big thank you from PGA officials who are making millions of dollars a year. Is Trump ever wrong? Honestly, is he? That was in on July 18th of 2022. He predicted with 100% accuracy exactly what would happen yesterday. Exactly what did happen yesterday, I should say. The PGA players are going to see none of that money. Their 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 thanks for the loyalty that they showed to the PGA Tour is exactly what Donald Trump described it, a big thank you. They're the ones who paid the price here, the players, for their loyalty. And it was inevitable that it would merge because the thirst and the greed for money among these sports executives is unknown to man. They are greedier than the players, by far greedier than the golf golfers. The golfers that stayed with the PGA Tour are the least greedy people in sport. Now, you can argue some of them didn't need the money, but would you turn down two, $300 million? be hard to, but these guys did. And a lot of them were young, up-and-coming players who were making really good money, but not that kind of money. And so the thank you was Jay Monahan giving them the middle finger, giving that same middle finger to the 9-11 families. 
and of course exposing himself as a liar and a fraud, no matter what he said in that clip. Circumstances change. Yeah, I said those things based on the information I had at the time. Well, what changed? Why don't you tell us? Since so much changed that your original statement in defense of the 9-11 families would keep you from ever negotiating with the live tour, all of a sudden things have changed and you not only negotiated with them, you did so secretly and you reached a merger. It's pretty incredible. And so now the PGA Tour is one more extension of the Saudi Arabian government because we know that while Jay Monahan claims they will continue to have oversight on their tour, we know they won't. Whoever has the most money, that's who takes care of it all. Where did they make their announcement? They made the announcement in a joint appearance, the Saudi uh, Public Investment Fund director and Monaghan on CNBC. They didn't even do it on the Golf Channel. <laughs> I mean, Jay Monahan's a traitor to everything. How do the players put up with this guy? How do they allow him to stay in charge? Now, according to reports, Greg Norman, who was the CEO of Live Golf, won't have a place in the new league. He also was surprised and blindsided, received word of the merger in a phone call just before the announcement was made. Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy didn't know until yesterday morning. Tiger Woods. They weren't involved in the talks, according to Monaghan, because it's a framework agreement. Okay. There was a players meeting yesterday at the Canadian Open where Monaghan was present but it didn't go very well. Monaghan himself said the atmosphere was intense and heated. One of the players called Monaghan a hypocrite to his face. Jeff Ogilvie, a player who was present at the meeting, said that Monaghan just took it. And I'm glad I wasn't him today. So I can promise you the players laid him out. It's incredible. He claims the PGA Tour will be able to control the direction going forward, but I don't believe that for a second. If you think the Saudis are going to merge and give a lot of money, billions of dollars to the PGA Tour without having control, you're crazy. You're absolutely crazy. So we have an expanded Republican field now. We have all kinds of competition in there. And who are the who are the Democrats really going to put up? Are they going to put up Biden? And if they put up Biden, aren't they really putting up heels up Harris? Biden will never make it through another term if he makes it through this one, if he should win. But little black lesbian Karine Jean-Pierre, I bet we should just look at what Joe's been able to do when we're thinking about his next four years. If you look at what he's been able to do, uh, he has been able to push forward and get done historic pieces of legislation. Uh, he has gotten more done than any other president. This is a president that's been attacked during 2020, where people said, oh, no one's going to, he's not going to win. He's not able to, to get it done. 
There's no way he's going to be the next president, and he made it happen. He got done more than any other president in history. She just said that. Just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. Mark Thiessen, who is a never-Trumper, appeared on Fox yesterday to tell everybody that (laughs) he's using funny math when he tries to explain how Trump could lose the Republican nomination. He's got 52% support in the real clear politics average, so he's ahead. Uh, but his support is a mile wide and an inch deep. And here's why. If you look, there was a CBS poll that shows the breakdown of the Republican uh, electorate is this way. There's about a quarter of the electorate who is supporting Trump. There's about a quarter of the electorate who says they will not support Trump on any, under any circumstances. And then about half of the GOP electorate says they're deciding between Trump and other candidates. So what that means is 76%, 75% of the GOP electorate is up for grabs. They're either not supporting Trump or open to supporting other candidates. And so we got to see if one candidate can emerge uh, to consolidate that not Trump uh, camp with enough of these what I'd call soft MAGA who like Trump but are thinking about other candidates uh, and 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 take him on. And I think that's possible. That is funny math. Wow. It just shows you if you, can, if you want to lie about numbers, you can make the numbers say whatever you want them to say. But we all know what Mark Thiessen was doing. Just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. Donald Trump leads by 32 points. That's not funny math. That's real math. Those are facts. And it could be growing. It grows daily, it seems. Trey Gowdy couldn't disagree with Mark Thiessen more. I think there are two lanes, Fred. I think one lane is occupied by Donald Trump, and there is one other lane. And and I, I don't know who's going to fill it, uh, but there are only two lanes. And the, the more people are in the race, I think the more it helps the former president. That's what most... Logical people think. Byron York has been following these political runs for the White House for decades. He was in Iowa this past weekend, and this was his take, as opposed to Mark Thiessen, who was nowhere near Iowa. He is a huge presence in the Republican race. I was in Iowa over the weekend. They have a big Republican gathering. There are eight candidates there. Uh, and the candidates do not want to offend the voters. There are about a thousand people there uh, who might support Trump a lot. Eight candidates spoke. Not a single one uttered the name Trump ever. Mike Pence spoke. He celebrated being part of of an administration that uh, appointed the judges that overturned Roe v. Wade. And the administration, not the administration. And he never mentioned whose administration it was. It was a really awkward situation. That's what a coward and a phony and a fraud Mike Pence is. Mike Pence fooled us all. He fooled me. I thought Mike Pence was a loyal foot soldier who supported the president because in every word that he spoke publicly, that's exactly what he did. And then Mike Pence became a turncoat, which we all know he is. And now Mike Pence is trying to take credit, trying to take credit for the Trump presidency and all of its accomplishments. What did you do? Here's what you did. You hired Anthony Fauci. You hired Dr. Burks. That's what you did, Mike Pence. You foisted a vaccine on the American public. That's what you did. Let's not forget that. The only thing Mike Pence did in four years as vice president was hire Fauci and Burks. I'm sure Donald Trump will remind audiences of that as we go along. Mike Huckabee, why is Chris Christie even in? And what skeletons are rattling around in his closet? 
Chris Christie is really in this not because he has a vision for being president, and I think many of the other candidates do, and they're good people, but Chris Christie is a bitter old guy who is angry at Donald Trump. Here's the problem. Chris Christie can't get over one thing that will destroy him, and that's Christopher Wray. People need to remember that it was Chris Christie who urged Donald Trump to put Christopher Wray in as FBI director, and we all know how that's turned out. Carpe diem, Mike Huckabee. That is news to me. When I heard it, I was stunned. I always thought it was McConnell who urged him to hire Christopher Ray. We now find out it's Chris Christie. So once again, Donald Trump taking bad advice and acting on it. I'm certain that his next time around, that will change. Nobody could be victimized by supposed allies more than Donald Trump and continue to do it. So put that Christopher Ray noose around Christopher or Chris Christie's neck because that's where it belongs. He's responsible for Christopher Ray. The danger with somebody like Christie is he's a smart guy, he's well spoken, so he can charm like a rattlesnake. But he's a fraud, he's a liberal, he's a phony. Mike Huckabee's right, he's a bitter, angry old man that didn't get his way with Donald Trump. And that's all this is about. But he did make sure Christopher Ray got hired. Nikki Haley was correct. She knows who they're really running against if they get the nomination. Let's be very clear. If they think it's going to be President Biden, a vote for President Biden is actually a vote for President Harris. We are running against Kamala Harris. Make no bones about it. The New York Times knows it. Every liberal knows it. They know that it's Kamala Harris that's going to end up being president of the United States if Joe Biden wins this election. Oh, she is right. She is so right. We're going to leave you with a little common sense here, and then you'll hear Sean Hannity's love affair with Stephen A. Smith. But Paula Scanlon is a swimmer at uh, the University of Pennsylvania with Leah Thomas on the team. And before the, all this happened, Paula Scanlon didn't think she was anything but a swimmer. Frankly, before any of this happened, I would never actually have considered myself a feminist. I just thought that I understood basic biological realities, and I believe in the truth. And I never thought any of that would be considered transphobic or feminism or non-feminism. Of course you didn't, because you use common sense. But the liberals forced it on you. So I mentioned at the top of the show that Sean Hannity has developed a love affair with Stephen A. Smith, who's nothing but a bigot, nothing but a black racist, nothing but a guy who tells lie after lie after lie. It shows you how naive and stupid Hannity is, and it also shows you that Hannity is having a black guy on who's outspoken to show the world that Sean Hannity himself is not anti-black. No, I have a black friend. That's what these white guys always tell you. Well, I have a black friend. But Hannity is taking it to a love affair status. I believe he has more of a love interest in Stephen A. Smith than he does Ainsley Earhart. And here's the proof. I will say this. When I read somebody else, a new hire at ESPN is being paid more than you, no. That uh, no, you are the star at ESPN. You get paid more. Period. I'm not concerned. What's that? I've been, I've been treated very well, and when my time is, will come again, I'll be treated very well again. I am not concerned. Don't worry All about right. me. Everything. Just is good. know where I stand. I want you to know I'm on your side. I think you should be the highest paid. Just I saying. Uh, All right, you I'm don't want Biden. Well. I was at the time, and I will be again. Wow. 
Talk about a mutual love affair. Ainsley Earhart must be furious. We'll see her out dating somebody else soon. I mean, it, it sounded to me like Sean Hannity wants to date him. If it if he doesn't, he's really pathetic, right? I mean, that's exactly what that sounded like. A man crush beyond compare. It's really bizarre. By the way, Ainsley Earhart is another one on Fox without a journalism degree, without having taken a journalism class. <laughs> but no, I doubt that anyone ever doubted that. So, Sean Hannity, why don't you go date your buddy Stephen A. Smith? We have a friend uh, who posts on Twitter right next to Stephen A. Smith every day and posts about our show, posts about how I rip Stephen A. Smith, has sent clips on Twitter to Stephen A. Smith, imploring Stephen A. Smith to come on our show, but he won't because he's a coward too, and he knows that I'm the guy that handed him his lunch years ago on ESPN. He doesn't want any part of that again. He wants people like the sycophant Sean Hannity to have him on. No one like me. Well, carpe diem to Sean Hannity. He's found a new love interest, and we're all happy for him. All right, folks, we're going to take a break. Our phone lines will be open 636-538-0746 when we come back.
there's angels in the room. All the family gathered round, knew the time was coming soon. With so much left to say, I prayed, Lord, I ain't finished. Just give us five more. Back in, Kevin Slayton with you in the window world, stl-cars.com, King's Court. Our phone lines are open for you, toll free, of course, always, 636-538-0746, 538-0746, if you want to weigh in on any of the topics that we've discussed today. I know the theme of the show has been all about liars, but always remember. Just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. And that is the mantra of liberals everywhere. They actually believe that that should be the way to handle it. If we believe it, it's not a lie. Even though we're hypocrites, we're frauds, we've lied about it before, it's not a lie because now we believe it. And they operate that way, strangely enough. And that is strange, I might add. It's extremely strange. Who would operate like that? Only liberals. And they do it brazenly, and without even thinking about it. Good morning, Matt. How are you? Morning. How are you, Mr. Slayton? I'm doing great. That Great show. I love that clip. <laughs> Remember, it's not a lie if you believe. <laughs> and it's so true with, the, with those people. I don't think you've played it enough. <laughs> no, I probably haven't. I'm trying to drive a point home. Do you think anybody got it? Uh, if they're listening, if they're, I mean, I was doing two things at once and I stopped the other, doing my budget and focus on, on your show and laugh. It's just, oh, that's, that's a good one. We've got it going this morning. And then for Mark Thiessen, I've never heard, okay, Trump's been in the limelight, of course, since 2015. He announced he's going to run for president, was a tremendous, amazing president for four years, got it's just been, I've never seen a man attack physically, verbally, uh, litigiously in the courts like he has. And for Mark Deason to come out and think there's somebody out there that is Trump light, I've never heard of such a thing. Yeah, a, a, a MAGA light. How about that? I, I, I tell you who's a little light, and that's Thiessen. He's a little light in his loafers, I think. 
you know, people say, I love his policies. I don't like the man or they don't like his tweeting or whatever. They still aren't light on him. He is, he doesn't have a light fan. You either adore and love Trump and will vote for him again, or you won't. It's that clear. And 74 million people voted for him. I haven't heard a single person. I haven't heard one person say they don't like his policies. Not one. They never can. Oh, he's mean, or he's this, or he's... They never say what Donald Trump did in those four years was bad for America. Not one person ever says that. Not the liberal of liberals. Oh, yeah. That, that is a... Yeah, they just hate him. That's right. That's It's uh And they don't hate him for his policies. And that's true. No. They, don't, they don't hate him for mean tweets, though I've never seen such a thing as a mean tweet. They don't hate him for that. They hate him because he exposed them. And so their liberal sycophants, the ones who vote for the liberals, all listen to their little heroes. And so we must hate the orange man. He exposed our people, and he must be lying about them because, after all, we're in love with them. So they can't be bad people like he says they are. They can't be pedophiles. They can't be thieves. They can't be robbers. No, they're our people. So Trump's bad. Yeah, and the other point, the – there's no way in the world these Saudis are going to give up billions of dollars to merge these this golf, the golf professionals, and allow the PGA to continue to run the organization. No, that's not going to happen. We all know that. When this idiot Monahan tries to sell you that bill of goods, it's funny actually, because in the next breath he says, "Well, it was just a framework agreement." Oh, okay, whatever that means. That's why Tiger and. Uh, Roy McIlroy weren't included and weren't notified of the discussions. Oh, okay. The two biggest names on your tour you kept in the dark. Exactly. And that's this is never there's no such thing as a framework. Somebody, there's a merger and you're losing and you're going to be out soon. Yeah, the PGA, it, the yeah. Saudis don't work like that. Go look at the Quran. They believe that in Muslims are number 1. They have become a little more um I guess ant ant well, I don't know how to say it, but they're um, more up to date. You know, they try to hold themselves as they follow this rule and law. If you've ever been over there, you talk to a service member or somebody who's done any contract work over there. They are the biggest whoremongering partiers, alcohol consumers you've ever met in your life. Well, that's <laughs> beside the point here. But if I, I right. would give Jay Monahan a, a, a very stern warning that if you think you're going to run them – you might want to check with the Khashoggi family, the former journalist, because exactly. the last time we saw him, he was in pieces. It's it's uh, he's delusional. Well, you know he's a hypocrite. He made that statement a year ago, and he changed. So I bet within three months, he'll either be out or coming with another uh, announcement where they're changing the name of the PGA or. The framework has expanded. It's going to be if they something. start calling this the PGA Dash Live Tour, I'll I'll vomit. I'll, that'll, that'll be the end of my days watching golf. Golf's the last bastion of gentlemanly athletes, where they're honest, they have integrity, they have character, they call penalties on themselves. It's the last last island of integrity in sports, and now they're going to tamp they're going to taint it with the Saudis' involvement. It's just incredibly stupid. And I mentioned that about Trump, by the way, on policy. It's like a friend of mine always says, it's not a high school popularity contest. This is this no. is how the government is run. The liberals want you to make it into a popularity contest. They, that's why they try to paint Biden as some sort of good old boy, Uncle Joey, that uh, doesn't lie. You know, he's like George Washington. He doesn't tell a lie. In fact, he told us that, didn't he? I gave him my word as a Biden. Yeah, oh, he I, gave us his word as a Biden. He gave <laughs> us his word as a Biden. I mean, how can you doubt that? Yeah, that phrase is... is- 
disgusting. That's a yeah, it's a it's a mess. Greed and corruption won in this live and uh, PGA tour thing, and it's, it always does. It always does. Uh, greed and corruption always win. And hey, just this just out looks like this morning that Chris Light L I C H T was the C- CEO of CN. Excuse me, CNN, yeah. and he's out. Yeah, he, well, he I think he resigned. Um, our yeah. research assistant found that a little earlier and texted me that he resigned. So we're not, we're trying to find out why, what's what's behind it. Uh, maybe he didn't want uh, this network to remain the liberal outpost that it is, and so the loser liberals just beat him. They beat him down and got rid of him. That's probably what happened. Yeah, they're saying the remaining staff, he's gotten rid of half the shows as he should. The ratings are plunging, and now they're trying to blame him on it. It says the Liberal ratings uh, are plunging everywhere. That's why Chuck Todd's out at NBC, because he can't keep an audience. It's inc- and, then, and then he brags about how he built it up. You didn't build up anything. Tim Rushard made Meet the Press what it is, and early on when it first aired, those people made it what it was. And then Tim Rushard actually advanced it. It was dead when Tim Rushard took over from David Gregory, who was a complete lunatic liberal. Tim Rusher was a liberal too, but he you never knew it because he held both sides accountable. He was a real reporter. He was a journalist, exactly. And these guys have destroyed it. So that's and it CNN's not gonna what are they gonna do? Get thirty million new subscribers or, or what? It's not gonna happen. <laughs> Sooner or later, whoever funds CNN is gonna be fed up with it. All right, that's it. Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers owns it. Well, they bought we, it out from AT and T. We don't know if they're the ones actually. Right. You know who knows who funds anything. It could be BlackRock for all we know. True, true. that's true. But whoever it is is going to get tired of losing money at some point, I would imagine. And the Murdochs, the Murdochs, who of course run Fox, so far as we know, are going to get tired of losing money in Tucker Carlson's absence. That show is a disaster. They continue to rotate hosts as if people are going to go. Wow, I wonder who's on tonight. Nobody cares. I have trouble remembering the name of the show. I think it's called Fox News Tonight. But some night, some days I think it's just Fox News at night. But actually, no, that's another show. That's how dumb the marketing people are at Fox. You name two shows almost the exact same thing in order to ensure viewer confusion. Yeah, there was some rumor that they were going to move Hannity that slot. If you want a show to die, just move him over there. <laughs> yeah, the primetime spot spot on your network every night. But who who that's any good is going to want that show? I, I guess somebody will take the money, but they won't be that good because you're, you're controlled. Now you're controlled. Everybody knows that you can't be open and honest on that network anymore. You can't. You know, Tucker Carlson, uh, Carlson left uh, or let out a 10-minute clip on Twitter and then had 30 30- – one million views, five hundred and sixty thousand likes, and twelve thousand retweets. So, That's I mean, amazing. it was a it was a good little ten minutes. It, it, it looks like that's where he's going to go for now. And he even said it: if they take him off or censor him, then he'll he'll move on and do his own thing. So, well, pretty incredible. So, yeah, I, I've always said it, he'll do his own thing. And with yeah, thirty-one I million think, people viewing it, case closed. Yeah, I believe you. I think that's the way to go. Just think of this. Think of this, all right? Of those 31 million people, do you think they would each pay a dollar to subscribe to Tucker Carlson? Oh, at least half, even even if it's not all of them. So Absolutely. Let's, so let's say you get half, so you get $15 million. Yeah. There's $15 million without a, a single sponsor. Yeah. And so then <laughs> when you have $31 million, or in this case $15 million now watching you, sponsors are going to flock to you. 
So he'll get all the big dollar sponsors again. The difference. Oh will yeah. Be, the difference will be this: Fox won't have them. No, I don't even know if that that uh, pillow dude is is still on there. I've been watching Newsmax, but his commercial well, comes up every three I minutes. Saw, it's annoying. I saw a story yesterday where he said that he had to borrow ten million dollars to keep the doors open at my pillow. I wonder if that's true. Oh wow! That's, yeah, that's what the liberals did to him. I don't doubt it. And the more they're successful at it, the more that's the way it goes. Yeah, it's sinful. It's sickening. It's uh, but you know, there's two things that are. It's kind of hilarious if you've seen. I think uh, was it in Michigan? The Muslims are raging against this homosexual transgender uh, ideology in schools, and then. They had a meeting at a school board in California, and the blacks stormed it because of the same reason. Uh, the community—they're—they're—they're they're, they're turning in on themselves. That's liberalism is a mental disorder, and you want to accept all these ideologies, and none of them make sense. So they're well, going to when the when the black people are, are com- complaining, then they have only themselves to look at in the mirror. These are the people you elected as a group. The black community votes Democratic. So if you don't like it, stop voting for them. You wish they wake up. It's amazing. It really is. All right, Matt, thank you. Thanks, sir. Have a good day. You too. Appreciate the call. It's a pretty simple way of getting rid of people in this country. If you don't like them, don't vote for them. Now, we know that they rig elections, but I don't think they rig every election at every level. I think that would be almost impossible. They rig the big ones, but that doesn't mean you have to vote for a mayor in your city. I'm sure that Cori Bush's election was rigged. There's no, there's no possible way that she would have dethroned the Lacey Clay family who had held that position for over 50 years without some election rigging, good old-fashioned cheating. And, boy, those those Democrats know how to do it. So you always have to be on the lookout for that, and we have to really be watchful of that because it's the most important election of our lifetime. If it doesn't change, if they're allowed to rig it again, we're finished. We're finished as a republic. Democracy is dead in this country for sure. And there's no sense voting again. If they rig another one, there's no sense wasting your time voting. All right, folks, that's going to wrap us for today. But we're back fighting the good fight again for you tomorrow morning, 7 o'clock Central Time, right here in the window world, stl-cars.com, King's Court, on kevinslaytonshow.com, where you will find our podcast later this morning. You'll find it on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, and Google as well. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everybody. (laughs) 